Welcome to the Author's Podcast with Lisa Newton. Writing a book is a dream for many people, and in today's society, it has become easier and more important than ever. If you are an expert, speaker, coach, or an authority in your field, having a book is the new business card. It can increase your credibility, enhance your status, and make you the go-to person in your field opening doors and bringing a flood of opportunities straight to you. You can increase your fees and start choosing the clients you really want to work with. The Authors Podcast Show with Lisa Newton is designed to inspire, educate and inform you, both entrepreneur and individual, on how to write a book, as well as writer's tips and strategies on how to actually get that book written. On today's show, you learn more about how to write a book, including writing ideas, marketing, and how to succeed in getting a book written. Here we go with the author's podcast, and here is your host, Lisa Newton. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the author's podcast. My name is Lisa Newton. I'm your host and in each show I'll interview an author asking them about their book or books, how they got started and what tips they might have for would-be authors who might be out there thinking about writing a book and how to go about it. Today on the show I would like to welcome Leah Salmon who is also known as the Naturally You Coach. Leah is a best-selling author of six books, the best two being Becoming Naturally You and Leah's Raw Food Feast, Raw Food Recipe Book. Leah is a speaker and supportive nutritionalist and life coach to black women and mothers. She helps them to eat, think and live in a way that creates natural health, happiness and harmony in their life using healthy eating, natural remedies and life coaching. As the founder of the Naturally You Day, Leah's Raw Food Feast Workshops, editor of Naturally You magazine and a regular speaker on natural health and wellness. Leah's committed to helping 10,000 black women a month becoming naturally healthy by 2020. So on the call, I should have Leah. Are you there? Hi. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So Leah, so you are known as the Naturally You coach. That is, is that, that's also the name of your, your business. So Tell me a little bit about how how long you've been doing the, the Naturally You um, business and just a little bit about what you do. Well, I've been in business um, of some description for just about 12 years. Oh. And it was really in 2006 that um, I became the Naturally You coach mm. and started doing the more specific work around nutrition that I do now. And the vast majority of my work right now is just finding as many ways as possible um, to help mainly black women to use things like healthy eating and personal development to naturally improve their health. And I do that through kind of private coaching programs as well as group coaching programs, events, and of course the books that we're um, gonna be talking about as well. Okay, excellent. And so, the so let, let's talk about the book then when did you first decide that you wanted to write a book my career 
started with more me selling products than actually um, doing coaching programs. And what I realized is that a lot of people wanted to just buy products and not actually address the real challenges with their health and make those kind of important changes that natural health products can kind of supplement and and support. So there came a point where I actually wanted to stop selling products so that I could help people focus more on making those bigger life changes, those kind of long-term changes um, in their diet that would result in better health. And it was around this time that I realized that Like I said, I I try and find as many ways as possible to help people because not everybody's in the same place and not everybody wants the same level of support. And for other people out there who are coaches and consultants, it's really useful to think kind of outside and go past what it is that you're currently doing. Because even though what you're doing works, you may be missing the opportunity to help a whole nother group of people with your skills because you haven't um, adapted what it is that you're doing. So even though I was doing one-to-one coaching, I realized that there are some people who are just not ready to speak face-to-face or one-to-one with somebody about what it is that they need help with. So I wanted to put everything that I was doing with clients at the time into a book that somebody could use to make the same changes and get similar results um, that, that they would if they were actually working with me. So this all happened kind of around 2006 as well. So we're talking roughly 11 years ago or so. Okay. Now, I, I understand completely because with a book, you can help more people. You, you've got that wider reach. So it's it's a good thing. So for those that maybe can't see you personally one-to-one, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a global reach when you've got a book. So... I, I understand that completely. So let's start with the first one then, becoming naturally you. What mm-hmm. because I, I, I understand the the second one, the, the raw food feast is recipes. Mm. The first one, becoming naturally you, what is that book all about? So like I said, I wanted to find a way to give people the same level of support as they could get with me if they were one-to-one coaching with me. Mm. So it was kind of repurposing what it was I was doing into a book form. So when I'm working with clients, instead of kind of bombarding them with like 40 things that they have to do all in the first week to get any results. Mm. I aim to kind of break down their goals into achievable steps. And I don't mean achievable as in realistic, like boring and little. I mean, like (laughs) kind of break them down into chunks so that you're not trying to focus on lots of things at the same time. Okay. So is is it like a workbook? Yeah, so it's basically a step-by-step program that you can take yourself through where you only focus on making one change with your life and your health a week over the period of 39 weeks, which is roughly the same time, same length of time as it takes for a woman to um, grow a child. So it's like a transformation and a, a new growth that happens within your mind, body and life all in 39 weeks. Um, but you're doing you're making small changes and as we know a baby grows a minuscule amount over the course of your pregnancy but a magnificent thing happens even with the small growth and the small changes that happen on a regular basis and that's what I wanted to encourage people to do is just use the book to take small changes but make them consistent and over a prolonged period of time I see that sounds really good you were listening to the author's podcast with Lisa Newton Please do subscribe to, like and share this channel. And so they they work through the book. Is is it like in a diary format? Is it 
or is it a tick list? It's basically just a chapter book. So okay. the book is broken up into those um, 39 chapters and they're in three different sections as well. So you work on the kind of mind, body, environment steps and then the food steps, mm. ones specifically to, with your diet. And then you work through the kind of physical steps, one to do with your body, like cleansing and exercise and breathing and all those kind of things and then at the back you've got checklists so you can use the checklist to just go through the book mm. in the order that I've laid it out or you can mix things up or you can do two steps at a time if you want to speed the process up so at the back of the book is different plans that you can use to work through the the steps in the book I see so tell me a little bit about you how did you get into being a natural person for want of a better word <laughs> yeah <laughs> well when I was about 11 years old I decided that I wanted to become a vegetarian and my mum was very supportive of that change so but what she did say and what a lot of people said to me is that if I was going to become a vegetarian I needed to make sure I was getting my protein because I was a young growing girl and um which led me to just consume crazy amounts of soya I was eating soya everything soya burgers, soya sandwiches, soya milk, soya, literally everything. I was having it every single day. When I got to about 17, um, I developed a menstrual condition, which I had for about two years where I'd bleed between my periods. Oh. And yeah, I didn't know what was causing it. And I was, I was, I, I already had a healthy fear of going to the doctors because I was convinced that they would either try and operate on me or drug me or ignore me. And when I did pluck up the courage to finally go, they did the latter. They basically said, if it gets any worse, come back in six months. And that, even though it was devastating initially, it was the impetus. It was what kind of motivated me and empowered me to take my health into my own hands. Mm -hmm. So then I started studying nutrition, herbal medicine and aromatherapy. And um, I made some diet changes and started using some herbs and oils. And within two weeks, the symptoms had subsided. And within, in about two to three cycles, the condition had completely gone. Mm -hmm. And that kind of inspired me to want to share that knowledge with everyone and you know I'd be that really annoying person that's just found out about natural health and I'd be questioning everything everyone put in their mouth and is that organic is that free range do you know where that's come from do you know how many calories is in that like I was that kind of a person um <laughs> and I realized I wanted to make a career out of that as well that I really really did love learning about natural ways to help people and I was also inspired by my experience insofar as I didn't want anyone to have to go through what I went through having to live and suffer with something and then going to the doctors and being ignored because that was a common thread that a lot of people experience is that if a doctor's set of tests come back negative they will tell you that there's nothing wrong with you even though you know that there's definitely something wrong with you so that's what kind of kick-started my journey into mm. becoming creating a career out of natural health that's really interesting so do you think it was the soya that had something to do with the condition or do you think it was a lack of other vitamins and minerals i think 100 percent the soya had a uh, a significant amount to do with it because um, soya has been documented as being a huge hormone disruptor and the condition that I had was due to a hormone disruptor I mean there's there are lawsuits that are happening right now in prisons in America where the population in the prison is being 
basically force-fed soya and health organizations are looking to sue the government because they, they there's so much research that's gone into the fact that soya causes health conditions. So these people who are already in a stressful situation and now a lot of their diet is being replaced with soya, these, you know, processed kind of soya products. Mm. So it's 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 a very well-known, very widely um, accepted concept that soya isn't the health food that it was that we were promoted mm. that it was promoted to be during my time so yeah almost 100 percent. Oh. it had to do with it yeah okay so that's um that's fascinating this why I, I just love talking to people okay mm-hmm. so um for those of you just um, tuning in i'm talking to leah salmon the naturally you coach who is a best-selling author of several books including becoming naturally you and leah's raw food feast raw food recipe book talk to me then about raw food because sometimes i think these i don't know ideas if you like come and go and I remember talking to a friend who had the idea that perhaps in a few years time we might find that raw food isn't so good for us because perhaps we should have cooked it to kill the I don't know pesticides <laughs> or whatever so <laughs> just, just just the theory so what would you say about raw food I think that that's so hilarious what your your friend said that's because you know what there's people that literally have said that <laughs> That there was a documentary that came out called Super Size Me, where there was a guy that ate that ate at a fast food restaurant, ate yes. at McDonald's for thirty days, yes. and he got all these health problems. And someone was trying to literally say, "Well, we don't know the same thing wouldn't have happened if he ate fruit and vegetables for thirty days." I mean, it's just almost an absurd notion that eating foods in the way that nature delivers them to us. Mm is going to have a negative impact on our health. But we think it's okay to put the food in a man-made creation, which is completely synthetic, which oftentimes damages the environment, and then alter the chemical structure of that food by heating it to crazy heats, frying it in super high um, you know, oil, or nuking it with a microwave, then eating it and thinking there's a comparison between the two things, the natural way that we get it in its raw state versus it being heavily, heavily, heavily processed Mm. and and cooked and destroyed. Because if you look at the science behind raw food and cooked food, there's actually research that's been shown that when cooked food comes in contact with your body, your body has a reaction to that food in a way that it actually sees it as something foreign. But when your food comes into your body in a raw state, that reaction doesn't happen. So before we had microwaves and ovens and cookers and those types of things, and before we were readily using fire to heat our food, what were our ancestors eating if it wasn't foods that they just picked off the trees and pulled from the bushes? Mm. It would have been natural food that hadn't been killed. And they didn't even have, you know, sophisticated um, washing apparatus around them sinks and fridges and all these kind of things to get rid of these so-called dangerous bacteria that were on it that a lot of people say well we have to cook the food to get rid of the bacteria we are the first generation who has sickness levels in more areas than any of our predecessors any of our ancestors we are supposedly the most advanced but the definitely the sickest Mm. definitely the sickest without a shadow of a doubt they are discovering more and more diseases every single year. 
Mm. And our diet is becoming less and less natural. So if you go back 100 years ago or so, cancer was pretty much non-existent. Premature births was pretty much non-existent. There were certain things you would never, ever hear about. But when researchers would travel around the globe to lots of different remote tribes, they would always find a common tread, thread. Even if those tribes ate completely different types of food, one of them could be in Alaska, the other one could be in the middle of Africa, the other one could be in the Swiss Alps. They could eat different types of food, but, but there were common traits. One was that the vast majority of them never got sick. And the second was that they ate their food seasonal, local, and a lot of their food, high proportions of their food were raw. So if we look back and take the examples of our super healthy ancestors and marry that up to what we're doing now, eating more raw food, having a diet that's higher in raw food is not something new. In fact, we're going back to what our ancestors did before we had all these so-called modern conveniences. And the people who are using that kind of a diet, introducing more raw food into their diet, are beginning to experience the levels of health that our ancestors did. So we're kind of seen as the anomaly. We're kind of seen as the ones that are different, but we're actually the ones that are experiencing better health than what's locally promoted. But processed foods and foods that are sold by big food corporations, they're the ones that are put in front of us as these are the healthy foods, you know, low fat, low calorie, low cholesterol, all these types of things are promoted to us. But fresh fruits and vegetables, they don't necessarily get the same airplay. Mm. So it's down to people like myself who just have to get behind the foods that not a lot of people are making profit behind and saying, look, forget all these, you know, fancy snacks and health food bars and healthy drinks, you know, Mm. shakes, these kind of things. Just get back to eating the, and and one of the common things that a lot of natural health um, practitioners will actually say is go back to the way of eating that our ancestors did 10,000 years ago. And that's when you're going to be healthiest. Yes, no, absolutely. And I, I like the fact that you've done a, a recipe book because you know, I'm sure you always get asked the question, oh, what can I eat? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, so just whether it's out of, out of your raw food feast recipe book or just an example of what one might have for breakfast, for example, if you were eating raw food. Okay, so one of the things, and, and just as a, a caveat to the whole conversation regarding my raw food book what a lot of people will ask me is oh do you only eat raw food and whilst there are times when I do go 100% raw the reason that I wrote the book was just because I love raw food it's not actually because I'm a raw foodist and oftentimes I'm not even a vegan I am at the moment but yeah that's not even something that's a constant in my life there are times where I we eat fish and eggs But yeah, the book was born out of just a love and appreciation of the health benefits of raw food. So I'm one of those people that will use the book and use those recipes Mm -hmm. to add lots of raw food to my diet and enjoy raw food alongside the other cooked foods that I'm eating. So Mm -hmm. just for people who are kind of thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do this. It's all extreme. I can't just live on raw food. Mm -hmm. That's not what the point of the book is. The book is to help you get some ideas to add more raw foods to your diet. So some of the really simple things you can have for breakfast are things like fruit salads. And for people who like that kind of thick, creamy dairy feel to their breakfast that comes with things like like uh, cereals and porridges and those types of things, you can make a cream using soaked nuts. Mm. 
So you can soak, obviously, as long as you don't have any sensitivities to nuts, you can soak things like cashews or macadamia nuts or almonds overnight. And in the morning, you can drain the water off and blend it with some water. And it will create this really delicious thick cream that you can then sweeten with things like honey or maple syrup or even dates. And then you can pour that over a selection of fruits so you can have a nice, really delicious, quite decadent, quite special fruit salad with a nut cream. Mm, lovely. And just out of interest, so let's say someone's out there, they're listening and they're thinking, yeah, you know, okay, uh, could be try going raw, as, as they call it. Like, what, what would you suggest, like, for a newbie? Um, should you maybe try going raw, eating raw two days a week, maybe, and then, you know, to sort of introduce it? Or should you, could you do it for maybe a whole week? You know, sort of how does that work? I mean, to be honest, going raw is not the fanatical kind of crazy way out there thing that a lot of people think it is. Mm. You're simply going from eating your food all cooked to all raw but you're still going to be eating a lot of the same types of food. So it's not necessarily something you kind of need to ease yourself into or, you know, prep yourself to doing. Mm. Um, And one of the best things you can do is actually just get a copy of the book, get a copy of my book, Leah's Raw Food Feast, because as well as just over 100 recipes, at the back of the book, I've got, I think it's now um, seven different meal plans. So one of the big things about the book was to help people to go raw for nine days but in the um so in the back of the book there's about five meal plans which have got the recipe which use the recipes in the book and lay them out for breakfast lunches dinners and snacks for you to go raw for nine days but i've also got a five-day plan and a three-day plan as well Mm -hmm. i've got plans in there um if you're if you um are allergic to nuts because a lot of raw food recipes do have nuts in them but there's a whole meal plan in there for which is nut free um a lot of raw food recipes use a machine called a dehydrator which simply just dries the food out without cooking it and heating it so it allows you to have kind of a different texture and feel to your foods but i've got a meal plan in there which all you basically need is a a blender a, a chopping board and a knife to make so it's a very you know very simple meal plans that don't include and don't need a lot of fancy equipment the vast majority of the recipes in my book don't have very fancy ingredients anyway you can get most of them from the regular supermarket so i think if someone wants to try eating more raw food then the first thing you should definitely do is just kind of demystify it in your brain don't see it as something that's really going to be difficult or challenging or hard or you know extreme just see it as you're just going to be eating foods raw instead of cooked for either three days or five days or nine days go ahead and get a copy of the book um use all the recipes that are in there to create your own plan or use the plans that are already laid out there for you because it is really laid out to make it as easy as possible for someone to feast and thrive on raw food from anything from three to nine days yeah and I can imagine these are the kind of questions people always ask you and this is why it's so good to put it in a book (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) because I I can really imagine like oh what could I eat for this what could I eat for that yeah it's Mm -hmm. all there in in your book Leah's Raw Food Feast and you you also do workshops as well that's right yeah so that's another good way to to demonstrate, I suppose, and, and show mm. people. And on your website, there are videos that yep. um, you can look at. So the website is the naturallyyoucoach 
com and naturally is spelt with a double l y for naturally you coach.com you're also on pinterest the naturally you coach and also on youtube as the naturally you coach so there's plenty of um, information demonstrations that you have out there and you also have uh, recipe tips on on your website that um, people can sign up to as well yeah right okay excellent You are listening to The Author's Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have The Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. Oh, I just love stuff like this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I have tried um, going raw, I think, I don't know how long I lasted, maybe about... I don't know if it was a week or 10 days I just um I was at my mum and dad's and there was actually no gas so <laughs> I didn't really have a, have a choice at the time in a way but um I must say that my skin was very clear that was the mm. first thing people kept you know commenting on saying oh Lisa you know your, your skin looks really clear and I said I think mm. it's this raw food thing I just I haven't done anything else yeah from just eat raw and mm. I have to say that when I bumped into you a couple of months ago I didn't recognize you initially and I thought oh is that Leo that looks like Leo but you <laughs> looked like you was about 16 <laughs> and um I just I, you uh, just it must it must do that for you isn't it raw food it must yeah it must give you that yeah glow. So if there's other people out there and they're thinking, oh, you know, I've got information like this. People are always asking me questions. I want to put it into some sort of book format. What kind of advice do you have for anyone out there that would like to write a book? I would say, number one, just start writing. Because, yeah, I've written six books. And I think my inertia is what takes the most time. That human, that just period of time where you're like yep I'm gonna write it I'm gonna write it I'm gonna start tonight I'm gonna start tomorrow yep promise that period is what takes up the most of your time when you actually start writing the book from the moment you start writing until the moment you finish that is actually the quickest bit all of the procrastination and the wondering whether you can do it and worrying about finances and is anyone going to read it all of that bit is what actually takes the longest the best thing you can do is actually just start writing the book and just I mean go back to what you learned in secondary school when you were learning how to write essays put together a plan you know and and then start working through the plan and most essentially best thing that you can do is focus on what it is that the person you want to read the book needs Whoever your target market is, if it's small business owners, if it's pregnant mothers, if it's 17-year-old boys, if it's elderly gentlemen, whoever it is, what do they need and how can you best help them? What questions do they have? What concerns do they have? What challenges do they have? What questions do they always ask you about what it is that you're going to be writing about? Do a brainstorming session where you write all of those things down. How can I best help this person? What information about this topic, is it difficult for them to find everywhere else? What things do I see online that I know are myths? Mm -hmm. So you're in, you know, you work with tax, you probably see people talk nonsense about finances and tax all the time. There might be things that you know need to be remedied out in the public world. You know that there's myths, you know that there's misconceptions that need to be dealt with. 
you know that there's people that have got fears about your particular subject that you need to be dealt with. So brainstorm all of those, put them all down on paper, and then just start working through by writing them. Now, when you're writing, it doesn't even always matter if the order that you're writing things in is the order the book ends up being in. You are listening to the Authors Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have the Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. When people are writing, it's not necessarily always important to make sure that what you're writing is going to be the final project. It's just really important to get the book out of you in the first place. Because a lot of people that I've met who I've told I've written books or who see my books, like you said, a lot of them will say, oh, you know, I've always wanted to write a book. I've had a book in me. And there's people who have wanted to write books for years, but they just never start that process of getting the book out of them. So that's definitely the most important thing you can do is just get the book out. Then worry about tidying it up and neatening it up and put it in the right order afterwards another thing that's also really important when you decide that you want to write a book is to have a time frame that you're working on because some books can end up just taking years and years and years and years to write and sometimes that's a good thing but other times you know like we've covered in this call there's information that we have as experts in our particular fields that there's people out there that really really need it I've had people that have told me that their my books have changed their lives Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, and if I took longer to write those books, I wouldn't have been able to impact the lives of people, which is why I'm doing this in the first place. Absolutely. Um, getting the information out there in a particular time frame and giving yourself a goal to work towards is really going to be something that's very important as well so that you can get your information out there and help the people that you want to help with your book as soon as possible. If you can access coaching groups or find someone who else who's writing a book as well so you can be each other's accountability buddies then that's also very helpful getting a coach getting a mentor all these kind of things is also going to be helpful though I didn't have those things so I know that they're not critical I just had a a real big desire to want to get the information out there and when I started writing books I really loved the process of writing books so just that's what really kind of stirred me on and kept me going yeah setting yourself a timeline and even if it's like 90 days or six months or nine months or whatever it is if you've got a clear date in mind and you set aside time on a regular basis to dedicate towards a book you would be so shocked and surprised how quickly you can actually get your book out there but oftentimes as with most things when we're not serious about them to the extent that we really put some things in set some things in stone and make some announcements about things it's oftentimes never going to happen there's been times some of my books I haven't even finished writing the book yet but I'm promoting it on social media like yeah the book's (laughs) going to be out on this particular date as an impetus for me to make sure okay I've just told like 7,000 people my book's going to be out so I need to go ahead and make sure the book's going to be done by this time because I'm you know a lot of different business people and entrepreneurs we've got different uh, personalities and I'm definitely one of those people that works well to deadlines and timelines and and I'm quite a to the wire person as well like I'll do so much more in the last week of a project than I have in the previous six months of me knowing about it so yeah that's the advice that I would give to somebody who feels that they've got a book in them and and you know wants to know how to get started okay because the number one thing I mean you said set time aside but the number one reason I hear for many people is oh you know I just haven't got time I just I can't squeeze it in I just 
I've just got so much to do and I know you're a very busy person but yeah you, mm. you manage to get things done so any tips on time management there one of my books is actually called budget behavior and belief ah. and it's called boost your bees to beat disease because I basically have a concept that the reason why people don't do anything is because they don't have a budget of time mm. they haven't worked out a budget of money they don't believe that they can do it and they're not exhibiting the behavior of someone who wants to do something so if you want to beat disease if you're you know because that's obviously my, my my field um for people that are struggling with health problems and those types of things i advise them sit down and work out how you're going to change your schedule so you can create time in your life to dedicate to this thing that you feel is important which is improving your health then work out how you can either earn more money or get more money or save some money or redirect your spending so that you can afford to buy the things that are going to help you to um, achieve your health goals and the reason why i know these two things are a lot easier than people make them out to be when people say they don't have time for stuff watch you get an unexpected irresistible offer from someone someone <laughs> says to you tonight i've got tickets to go and see you know <laughs> i've got tickets to go and see your favorite artist like if someone said to me i have tickets for you to see erica badu tonight mm. i've got six children and a husband i will be there <laughs> like, i will make time you will make time you will bend things you'll change things you'll inconvenience yourself a little bit people don't want to become inconvenienced people don't want to become uncomfortable but they say they want to achieve a particular goal people that say they don't have money but they've got the best shoes they show up at you know the biggest concerts they've got the nicest clothes they've got the most expensive when i found out because i don't wear makeup when i found out how much foundation costs and how much certain lipsticks cost. I'm like, you're trying to tell me you spent £30 on lipstick, but I'm telling you, you should start eating more organic food or spend £10 to get ingredients for smoothies every week and you're telling me you can't afford it. I have to call BS on some of the excuses that people use sometimes because we will move heaven and earth for things that are important to us. It's very true. Wise words. And the name of that book is... That's one of the books that's in revision right now. It's called Budget, Behaviour and Belief. So that one's due to be back out at some point this year. So if you go ahead and go to the website, thenaturallyyoucoach.com and join the mailing list, then as soon as that book comes back out, then you'll be the first to know. Brilliant. Okay, so we've we've had some, some interesting um, discussions here. So uh, health is very important. So it, it's the all round, not just the food you eat, but your environment. You touched on that. You are listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton. Please do subscribe to, like and share this channel. The Naturally You Day. So you're the founder of the Naturally You Day. Tell me a little bit more about that. So that's been an event that's, um, that was running annually and then I took a break to have um, our last daughter. Mm. But it's a natural health and wellness event where I really aim for people to come and be motivated and inspired by the speakers and by the workshops that we have, but most importantly, to get the information that they need to make the big changes in their lives. Because a lot of events you go to can be a little bit fluffy. You know, you have a lot of personal development, people saying, yeah, you can do it, yeah, you can do it, but how do you do it? Just believe you can do it. No, 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 okay, I believe I can do it, but just tell me how, yes. <laughs> what it is, what do I actually have to do now? You know, aim to get speakers who can be just as motivational and inspirational as they can be informational. So I, I aim, aim to get very good um, experts in their fields come and talk about different aspects of natural health and wellness. 
I try and make all the events as family friendly as possible because as a family woman myself, I know that it can be challenging when you go to events or when you hear about going to events and there's not a lot of childcare facilities there. From the work that I've done with women and mothers, I know that the health of a family, the health of our children, the health of our men, very much and very often relies on the health of the mother. And mothers will do so much to look after their family. And oftentimes they'll do that at the expense of ensuring that they're healthy and that they're nourished and that they're looked after. So one of the things I want to make sure is that for mothers, there's no barrier to entry as far as them coming and getting the information and the inspiration and the motivation from our events. And a lot of the talks at this year's event are specifically focused on mothers to help them to do what it is that mothers instinctively want to do, which is look after and care for and nourish and support their families. But one thing that is not highlighted to mothers enough, which is what I want to ensure that they know, is that their health is paramount and their well-being is paramount as well. So the Naturally You Day really is a very family-focused, family-friendly event that supports the needs of the mothers so that they can do their job and fulfill their goals and aspirations as mothers, but also as women as well. So it's been an event that's happened twice so far. Both times have been really successful and we're hoping the third one is just as successful if not more oh excellent and listeners can also subscribe to your naturally you magazine so for those that can't make the event the magazine is there that has tips and information and and advice about health and wellness is that fair to say Mm -hmm. yeah 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 excellent okay so Thank you very much, Leah Salmon, the Naturally You coach, has been my guest today. There are various contact points. Let me give you those. You can check out the website, www.thenaturallyyoucoach.com. And there you can get Leah's book, Becoming Naturally You, 39 Weeks. You can follow the the guideline, become a, a Naturally You person and other books including Leah's Raw Food Feast which has got some excellent recipes in there three day plans five day plans nine day plans so if you're not sure what you can eat then that will give you some inspiration certainly Leah's also on Facebook www.facebook.com Leah Naturally You Coach you can follow her on Twitter Naturally You Coach on Pinterest have a look at some pictures of some very nice looking food (laughs) the Naturally You Coach and also on YouTube, see Leah in action. If you look at the youtube.com forward slash user forward slash the naturally you coach, Leah will be there. So Leah Salmon, thank you very much for being my guest today. Thank and you. I do well, look, looking forward to um, seeing you again soon. Okay, lovely. You take care. All right. Thank you. You have been listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton, sponsored by Boogles Limited. Tweet the show at Boogles underscore books, spelled B-O-O-G-L-E-Z underscore books. You can also contact your host via the email address lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And if you want to join our author's community, join the inner circle at www.writerbook.net. You have just been listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton. See you next time.